I'm so glad you've taken time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to stretch that wallet. I hope you learn ideas to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and ClarkDeals.com is where you to go to get the deals, which is so important over the next seven weeks as we are moving into the heart of the Christmas shopping season, our deal diggers working shifts to serve you around the clock, seven days a week, through the entire Christmas shopping season to post deals as they come upon them, as they happen. Coming up later this hour, you know, there's a lot of problems right now with people being able to afford homes, either a home they want to buy or the home they're already in, and there's a cost-cutting solution that might help both baby boomers and millennials that I want to share with you later this show. So in the aftermath of all the problems at Equifax, there are so many more questions people have about credit reports themselves. And it's something that I just think about naturally, and I forget how many people just really, even though you know what a credit report is, don't understand exactly what makes it up and how it could affect you. And I can tell that because of the heightened numbers of questions I'm getting about credit reports over the last two months. And I wanted to do a bit of back to basics. First, your credit report from Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian by federal law is available to you once each year for free. There is a special federally sanctioned website that you go to called annualcreditreport.com. Anything else is a fake, is a fraud. The only one that the feds have sanctioned, annualcreditreport.com. You go there, you put in some personal information, scary, I know, and then what you get in return is you get the free copy of each report. You can choose to get all three at once, But remember, you can only get them once a year. If you're someone who's really, really organized, what's neat to do is set it up where you get one now, go back four months later, get another, four months after that, get the third one, and you're never more than four months away from seeing what seems to be activity on your credit report. Not everybody reports to all three bureaus. The information will vary some. But it'll give you the ability to do a report card check on yourself every four months. But if you're flaky like I am, just once a year, go get all three of your reports. Now, one thing the feds allow that I think is despicable is once you're at annualcreditreport.com, in a very misleading way, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian can try to get you to buy stuff and subscribe to things. You have no obligation to sign up for any of their trash. What you want is you want the free reports. And that's all you should ever do at annualcreditreport.com. So when you get that report, know that the odds are pretty good that there are going to be errors on your report. 
They could have your name slightly wrong. More likely, they could have your address wrong or other key personal information. You may think that so minor clerical, don't bother. Correct that stuff. Know that if the address they list for you is one that you have never lived at, then there's a heightened risk that you were in the midst of somebody trying to take over your identity, and it's very important that you correct that. In addition, look to see what's posted on there, what things are on your report to make sure that everything is yours. If you see things that you're like, I don't do business with them, I don't have that credit card, very important that you dispute. And then... If you see any delinquent items on your report, any collections there, and those are things that are not yours, you dispute them. The, if you get the report electronically, you can dispute it electronically. You can also mail in documentation. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau at consumerfinance.gov has a guide for you about how to go about disputing something on your report that is in error. When there's something there listed, and it's listed by, let's say, a bank that you know is incorrect, you not only dispute it with the credit bureau, but you also contact the bank directly and say, fix this thing. Phone calls are not enough. You can start with a phone call. Always follow up in writing. With collection agencies... If there's something on there falsely, you write that collection agency by certified mail. You let them know they need to correct it. Oh, and by the way, you dispute that item also with the Bureau during those 30 days. You let them know they need to correct it or you're coming after them. And I mean, you go after them. The best thing to do to a collection agency that's misbehaving, if they don't clean up a problem, You sue them in small claims court. They hate having to pay money out when they're in the business of trying to get you to pay them money. But this is no fooling. This is boxing without gloves. And you go after them hard if they try to mess you up by saying you owe something you don't owe. Robert's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Robert. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Very important question for me to ask you because of what you want to buy. Isn't that I'm right? Yes, yes. Life insurance. Term life insurance. Yes. Yeah, so you got to be a really healthy guy. Repeat that, please. You got to be a really healthy guy. Yes. I, I think I'm healthy. All right. I don't go to the doctor very often. I haven't been to the doctor in about four years. You haven't been to the doctor in four years? Yes. You need a little more hypochondriac kind of personality then. <laughs> That's a long yeah. time to not go to a doctor. Right, right, right. I don't get sick very often other than the common cold. So, Isn't that nice? Yes. So are you a fitness nut that you stay so healthy? No, I am not a fitness nut. It's my job that probably keeps me in shape. That if it wasn't for my job, I'd probably be about 20 to 30 pounds heavier. 
out of shape and probably a lot more sickly. Well, then that sounds like it's a great job. You get paid to stay fit. Yes, I do. Well, how can I be of help in your search for life insurance? Well, uh, I am uh, 47 years old. My wife is um, nine years older than I am, and I wanted to get some life insurance in case something does happen to me. I want to make sure that she is um, doesn't have any worries. She's you know, set that she doesn't have to worry about uh, making ends meet. Well, you're a good husband, and she may well need life insurance as well to protect your interests in the event of her dying before you. Correct. So tell me, does she work outside the home? Yes. So you both have a need for life insurance because you depend on each other for the lifestyle you live. Correct. Okay. So, um, sounds like this is pretty clear cut. In your case, you would be looking at the most affordable product being a 20-year level term. Okay. Which would carry you into your, um, well into your mid-60s. Okay. And for her, more likely 10-year level term. This is in order to keep it affordable, unless... Either of you are planning to work well past your mid-60s. I do not. I, I do not. And I know uh, I would like for her to cut back on her hours and uh, start, um, uh, you know, start being like maybe semi-retired. And do you have kids? Uh, yes, but they're all grown and out of the house. All right. So the need is really just for you to protect each other. Correct. So I would say if you buy 20-year, she buy 10-year, you've covered the balance of each of your remaining working lifetimes. Okay. I'd be comfortable with that. And as far as how much coverage, uh, do you already have an idea how much coverage, or do you want me to give you my opinion on that? Well, let's, I had an idea, but then you can give me my opinion. I was thinking for myself, um, anywhere between... Four hundred to five hundred thousand from for me. I make a, roughly around eighty three thousand a year. I would like you to look more at even as much as a million dollars coverage. Wow! Okay. At least ten times income. Interest rates are so much lower than they've been historically. Even though they're rising, they're likely to stay lower than historical standards. Being able to generate replacement income at a decent rate means that you need more face amount insurance than you might have in the past. And level term insurance is so dirt cheap that I like for you to look at a target more like 10 times your income in order to have peace of mind. And I've got tips on how to buy level term insurance on Clark.com, including companies you might want to get quotes from also. Is it Therese? Is that how I say your name? Therese, Therese, how do I say oh, it? Therese. Therese, hi. Welcome. Therese. How are you doing? Just fine, thank you. So you have a question that you should be worried about, which is? Well, I'm about to turn 65 in December, and so I applied for Medicare, and I had no problems getting my Medicare card. But when I got it, I found that it has my full Social Security 
um, number on the card as my Medicare number. All right, how idiotic is that? I'm sorry? How idiotic is that of the federal government? Yeah, because I thought I had heard either from you or someone else recently that they were going to stop using the Social Security number on the Medicare. Starting April Fool's Day. Right. That's what I found out afterwards, is I guess starting in April of 2018, they'll issue uh, new cards with new numbers. But, you know, what do you do in the meantime? You're left exposed, and it is just an awful problem. Now, what I have recommended is that you leave your Medicare card at home in a drawer, and you only take it with you when you know you're going to have a doctor's appointment. Okay. It leaves you exposed if there was an emergency and you're transported uh, to an emergency room or whatever, but you'll Mm -hmm. deal with that in time. But carrying the Medicare card with a Social Security number on it is like rolling out the red carpet for any identity thief. And the federal government forced private insurers who used to use Social Security numbers as your medical record number to mm-hmm. eliminate that it feels like 15 years ago and they right. are just now getting around to it for medicare cards amazing so you'll they'll generate a new randomized number for you that'll be your medicare number okay. and that's what will be on the card starting after april fool's day but mm-hmm. in the meantime it is a tricky thing and so that's why I like for you to not carry that card. Okay, sounds like good advice. All right, and uh, and I can't wait to hear from the first person we hear from in the spring who no longer has their Social Security number on their Medicare card. It's time for today's Clark Rageous Moment, and it comes with a special alert, a special warning for you about a way that people are going to try to separate you from your money this Christmas season. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a clark moment. The Better Business Bureau is putting out an alert, or has put out an alert, about a scam that people are receiving as a postcard. The postcard says that you have an unclaimed shopping award that this reward is good typically and there are various versions of this floating around typically it'll list various well-known retailers walmart target you name it and all you need to do is call to claim your reward most often a hundred dollars although the amounts can vary so what happens when you call ah the hook is you have to give your credit or debit card number to pay shipping and handling to receive your award card, your gift card. And they tell you you only have to pay typically 4 or $5. But then what happens? Well, you guessed it. You've now given a crook your credit or debit card number, and in short order, they empty your checking account if you give them a debit card. If you give them a credit card, they go to town using it all over the place buying merchandise as if they are you do not fall for this one nobody is just handing out money like that willy-nilly what you're doing instead is you're ripping yourself off 
if you make the phone call. And Joel, I think we have time to do an Ask Clark here. Yeah, Clark, let's do it. Mendel wrote in and says, I'm trying to get a mortgage. I've got great credit, but should I go with a local lender or one of the big guys? So if you mean by big guys, one of the giant monster mega banks, they are a terrible place to go for a loan. Their costs are extremely high if you go with Chase or City or Wells or Bank of America. Just knock those four off your list. If it's for a purchase of a home, I'd like for you to go local. Go with credit unions, local banks. You can try a local mortgage broker or banker. But when you're doing a refi, you can use any national lender because refi, the stakes are much lower and you can be a little more patient and you'll get a better deal if you shop the whole national marketplace. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com, our main website, clark.com slash ask. Go there to post a question for me. And if you want to talk with a member of our team, that's free and available over 40 hours each week. Phone number and hours available each weekday. On clark.com, scroll down, you'll see how to call in, when to call in, and we feel privileged to be able to be of service to you. I want to hit you with a deal quickly. Krispy Kreme, which if you've ever had a Krispy Kreme donut, well, they're just, they should be illegal. Anyway, Krispy Kreme, if you have their app, is doing buy a dozen, get a dozen free for the next week. So just a tip for you as a way to save money and more and more restaurants are using their app as a way to get more loyalty to people from people and do specials with people and that's just an example. Many 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 years ago this is more than 20 years ago There was a note left for us in our mailbox that was not unique to us. It was left for several of our neighbors saying that this woman who had just graduated from college was looking for a garage apartment to rent. And I lived in a neighborhood at that time where a lot of the homes had these little apartments over the garage. And so we ended up meeting this young woman and interviewing her and renting her our garage apartment that we had never really thought about renting out, tell you the truth. The wonderful thing is she turned out to be a fantastic person. We still stay in touch with her more than two decades later. She's now married with two kids, now lives in the St. Pete, Florida area, and we... We're privileged to have that opportunity and, well, we made nice money. And for her, it got her a lot cheaper rent than she would have been able to do in a traditional apartment kind of place. And Trulia, which is one of the organizations that makes information available for people buying homes and all that, believes based on its research that this is a key to a lot of people being able to afford homes now is to buy a home that has rental potential in it. Now, there are people that are 
more adventurous than I am and will actually consider renting a room out in their home under their roof where somebody is living right there with you. That's not my thing. I I like the idea of having a separate entrance, a separate area where someone can rent and live. But as a way to defray living costs, when housing costs are pinching you, bringing in a renter can be a win-win for you and that renter. In many cases where people may be getting older and the property taxes and upkeep on a home may really be hurting you and you want to stay in that home, renting out a portion of your home to someone else can create an affordable living situation for them and money that's really helpful to you. I have a friend who is able to cover the entire property tax on the home from what they earn at their home on the rent from a tenant renting over the garage. And obviously that's not everything, but if you can cover expenses that you face with a home that could price you out of a neighborhood, it's a really great possibility and great idea. And so just think about that if you're getting squeezed. Is there a way you could make this work for you? If you live in a part of the country with basements, often you can set up a basement where it is semi-private and separate from you, and you can have a tenant with a separate entrance living in a basement versus the alternative of living in a garage apartment or something along those lines. Letitia is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Letitia. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Letitia. How can I be of service to you? Well, I'm uh, a little concerned about how my funds are being managed right now. Um, I'm getting ready to retire in May, um, and the company is uh, really trying to annuitize my funds. Huh. And I have about uh, about one point seven million. Congratulations to you. And I have uh, a, some rental property, and I am going to sell my personal home and possibly sell the rental property that where I live now because I'm going to move back to uh, my home where my parents stay to take care of them. Well, what a wonderful daughter that you in retirement are going to be the caregiver for your parents. Yes. So, but my my concern is they're saying that, you know, they want to annuitize the funds where when I hit 95, I will still have roughly about the same amount of money (laughs) that I have now in the funds. But I will be pinching it up until I get 95. Okay, so let's talk this through. I have no children. I have no dependents. So this money should be here to serve you during the time you're with us on Earth. Right. All right, so let's talk possibilities. First, absolute congratulations to you that you accumulated over your working career $1.7 million. 
Do you retire with a pension from where you have been working? Well, that is including the pension uh, because it, it, I took an optional type of uh, pension plan that the, uh, my company paid into. Okay. Plus, I had a, a 403B and a 457. Wow, you are quite a saver, aren't you? So you got to make sure you don't blow any of this. All right, so you have so much money on the table. I don't want you talking to any insurance company about what solution they have, which will always be some form of insurance, and at retirement, always an annuity. And right. annuities generally are not something I advise or recommend because they have massive commissions and fees. So I would like for you to consider sitting down with a bona fide fee-only financial planner. Okay. And talk about ideas about strategies you could use with the money you have. And one of the organizations I'd like for you to consider is talking with Garrett Planning Network, where you just pay them like Garrett Planning Network. You pay them like you're going to a lawyer or an accountant Uh where they just bill you per hour for looking over what you've got, what your goals are, and coming up with advice and what they think would be the right plan for you to follow going forward. Okay. I want to also tell you about a product that Vanguard has. Okay. Vanguard, you know, the big uh, low-cost company that's a co-op. They have, uh-huh. a, they have a thing called the Managed Payout Fund, okay. where they take the money you have, and there's no commission. They charge you for all in for managing the investments, everything, uh, roughly a third of an interest point per year. And then they send you an allowance every month with the idea they get your money working for you, and they design it so it grows over time to deal with inflation over time okay so those are a couple of suggestions i would like for you to sit down first with a garrett person and it's garrettplanningnetwork.com and then call and talk to vanguard to a retirement specialist about how suitable your situation would be for the managed payout fund okay the the annuity thing is something that sends off alarm bells with me right, left, and center. You know, I was talking about Vanguard charging about, it's about 0.35 of a percent per year. The annuities, the costs typically are about 3%. The cheapest ones are 1.5% per year. And it's not at all unusual that you pay a massive commission up front just for going into the annuity. So that advice you've gotten to date makes me very, very nervous. And after you survey things like I've asked you to, if you have follow-up questions, please call me back. I want to preserve what you've worked so hard to save through all these years. Is it Julio? Is that who's with us? Julio? Julio. Hi, Julio. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, everything you do and all the information you're always uh, giving given the public, so I appreciate that. Certainly. Uh, the, que- the question that I have was, uh, I've been engaged for five years, and uh, we haven't been able to get married because uh, 
uh, doing a little bit of research, and I have I currently have forty thousand dollars of federal student loan, and I have heard that the student loans they're going to go up because they're going to combine both income of the marriage. Well, the loan balance doesn't go up, but the uh, calculation of what the minimum payment would be that you have to make would recalculate based on combined family income. Okay. So that, that's something that it would definitely happen uh, uh, as soon as the marriage takes place. Well, okay, to say definitely happen, to say anything with 100% certainty that involves the federal student loan program would be very foolish of me. But as okay. a general guideline, yes, that okay. if your combined family income puts you to a point where, where you would have what effectively is more disposable income, then the minimum right. payments you would be expected to make on your federal student loans would rise in an income-based repayment situation. Are you in uh, the pay-as-you-earn program, or are you in income-based repayment? Income-based repayment. All right, yeah. So you would almost, uh, let's say with 95% confidence, you would see that your minimum would go up. But right. that's not necessarily all bad. Because the longer you pay on income-based repayment, the more interest is accumulating on your student loans, and the more it could just be something that hangs with you for as long as you live. So so the advantage, if they step it up on you, as long as you're able to make a higher minimum payment, is that you really start to take on that balance and reduce it at a quicker rate than you would otherwise. Correct. All right. And I hate that here you are um, with the love of your life, engaged five years, and this student loan is what's keeping you from getting married. I I just hate that your life's on hold that way. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm currently paying over $500 a month, and, uh, you know... uh, And the minimum you're required to pay is, what, about $300? Well, that's the minimum what I'm paying. Oh, 500 is the minimum. Right, right. All right, so you're you're actually at 500 a month. You should be making some progress against that balance. Cuz that's 6,000 right. a year. Uh you should have that that would get you paid off in what, nine and a half years, nine years? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost 10 years, yeah. yeah. Okay. So if if you got married and they raised that minimum, would it destroy, just blow a hole through your budget, or could you make it work? Well, I mean, like, I could probably make it work. Uh, I just, you know, had all the plans and, and you know, to, 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 have to spread the budget. So I didn't want to, you know, I, I want to do my math right. So I'm not right. stuck. Well, be prepared, yes. Be prepared that when you, you do get married that those payments very well will go up, but... I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing in this case. It could, in fact, really work out for both of you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. 
Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Alex is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Alex, great to have you here. You are somebody of musical talent, something I don't have any of. Well, I don't have a lot of musical talent. Our our, our daughters do, but uh, not so much me. <laughs> so what are you dumping from your musical collection? Uh, piano. So uh, we have a piano. Actually, we recently purchased a keyboard, and so, so now we have two, so we want to um, sell the other one. So we uh, sell the piano, so we put a, a classified ad on our local paper, and we were contacted by... Wait, 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 is you. this a call from 1995? <laughs> I can't remember the last <laughs> time I had a call about a classified ad. Well, they also have an online presence, so it's basically in, in the local area. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so, so we figured since the piano is a large item, people uh, in the local area would be interested and be able to stop by and uh, take a look at it. Right. So we received a text uh, from a person who was interested in, in the piano, and uh, he said, okay, I'm interested in the piano, um, and so we sent him a picture, and he he said, okay, well, uh, uh, I'd like to buy it, and didn't really ask any questions about the condition or why we were selling it or or didn't want to come by to see it. And then he said, oh, I'm going to send you a check for more than what you're asking for so you could have it shipped to me and use the extra funds to ship it to me. That does not compute. Yeah, this is the Craigslist scam rolled back into a newspaper classified ad. This is quite a, a mashup. Right, right. And so we were kind of fishy when he didn't ask about the condition or want to see it or look at the dimensions. And he, he said, well, I'll pay you $50 more for the piano. Yeah, and yeah. Old scam. Uh, Right. So the deal is the check that you would be sent by this person who trusts you so much that they would want to buy your piano sight unseen is the check is bogus and the excess they would have you wire them is money that you will never see again because the check will eventually bounce. Okay, yeah. yeah he, he had mentioned he was going to he sent us a check and said cash it immediately. Yeah. And then right. wire, wire this person the money. We were, were kind of uh, the pets of the sniff test there. It does not pass. It is 100% bogus. And, you know, on Craigslist, which is where most people would list a piano locally, they say is rule number one only deal with people you can deal with face to face. And that just by doing that, you eliminate 99% of all scams. And I'd say it's probably about accurate. And so these people, whoever they are, are just trolling ads and looking for people they can con and don't have any further contact with this individual. And don't even accuse them of being a con artist. Just say you only feel comfortable dealing with people face-to-face with cash, period. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out 
we work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet, and there are a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.